my cup is running over, but I'll never spill. If you listen closely, you can hear me not caring. As a boy mom, I'm not only queen of my castle, but queen of my own life. Oh, that was heartwarming. (laughs) (laughs) It's Andy's Girls. It's episode 385-ish, and I am so excited to have two return guests back on the people's people's couch and no pressure, but what a fucking week in which to talk all things housewives. You know them as podcast hosts and creators also known as Real Moms of Bravo. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Abby and Vanessa. Abby and Vanessa, how are we? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to dive in. There's there's a, it's been a week, guy, in a good way. I it's Bravo's back. We were on a lull, let's be honest. Salt Lake was bringing us all down and I'm I'm back, I'm re-energized. Let's go. Kind of started with Beverly Hills, I feel like. And then it's been like a steady steep and Potomac season. Although I still find wildly entertaining, not as great. And we all know the out the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. And then Salt Lake City, the dumpster fire that is Salt Lake City. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. We're all thinking it. I'll say it. <laughs> we are quite literally all thinking about it. And you made a point that I want to get to because I want to get both of your thoughts. Can you both introduce yourselves so that the listeners know who they are hearing speak? Abby, if you want to say um, who you are. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hello. My name is Abby. I like pina coladas and uh, <laughs> getting lost in the sand. <laughs> oh, I love you and Louie. Long walks on the sweet, on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> it's a meditation and stuff. Little warrior, little warrior I mean, mama. I actually like cannot stand him. So that's kind of funny now that we're similar. <laughs> Incredible, Vanessa. I'm Vanessa. I am a Libra Ooh. and a mother of two. So that's <laughs> my voice. That's my, uh, you know, bachelor intro, which isn't much. Can I ask, do you know if either of you have birthdays on the same day as a housewife? So random. Yes, I do. Vanessa, who do you have? Uh, Whitney Rose. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. And Abby, you said you don't? I don't think so. Hold on. Um, I don't think I do though. It is one of those things because there is the like whole, I don't know a lot about um, astrology, except that I'm an Aries. And whenever I say I'm an Aries, people nod and they're like, yeah, that tracks. And as an Aries, I really, truly don't care about any other sign except for my own, which I guess is very consistent for Aries culture. But there is something to be said for people being like, oh, what are you? You're a Pisces. Oh, that works because blah, blah, blah. Versus like, which other housewife potentially has your sign or is born on the same day. Cause I think like non-Bravo related, I think like Mariah Carey also has my birthday, maybe March 27, but Vicki Gumbelson does, which. Oh, surprising. Not honestly surprising, but also she's kind of polarizing. Like I kind of get Aries energy from her, which I'm, I don't know that I'm always into sharing a birthday with Victoria G, but I understand it. I understand. No, I would I would celebrate it. She's the OG OC. <laughs> I have no one, but what's crazy, my birthday's September 8th. Three people are September 9th. Oh, are any goodies? Giselle from Potomac. Oh, okay. Yeah, so and I, I do really like her. So there we go. That fits. I think it's an interesting thing to hear yeah. 
and understand our own housewives astrology because we always talk about like who's in your top five but it's really like who shares your sign yeah no it's a little bit different it's a different angle and I will say Mm -hmm. once I knew Whitney and I shared the same birthday and I knew this going into this dumpster fire season (laughs) I like had a little bit more like I was a little softer on her I was like oh she's a little Libra she's struggling with her words and she's indecisive (laughs) and I was like oh I like all of a sudden like kind of got her a little bit oddly (laughs) enough so there we go I literally truly genuinely get that I really do it kind of feels like because it is that connector where you know we think of spiritual housewives and it's like well I mean who's your astrological housewife I think that is an interesting journey but I do want to get your thoughts starting with Vanessa you mentioned Potomac not necessarily being um not necessarily ending potentially on the upper we've come to expect. I wanted to get your thoughts on the finale and of course the post finale watch what happens live. I mean, I think for me, the Robin of it all really mm-hmm. kind of tarnished it. Once we saw that, um, I kind of compare it to similarly, not the same, but Salt Lake, we all knew John Shaw was guilty. So kind of took out the enjoyment and her sentencing of it. Um, and it's similar with Robin, like this whole season, all the women were going head to head against each other on who's having an affair, who's doing this. And Robin definitely participated and when confronted, deflected then back onto another housewife, um, the La Dame, the Grand Dame, Karen Huger. Uh, so I just, I just have issue. I have issue with that. And for me, what lacked in Potomac, it just felt everyone was just going after each other Mm. and it felt a little like guys you don't need to like accuse everyone every other week of having an affair like you guys have fun like there's something to like just sharing a bit more of their life like we learned this season that karen is allergic to chicken like come on and she loves porn she loves to watch she loves beautiful porn she thinks and she loves porn but like i mean you know you're like okay like there's more going on in your life and a lot of this like i'm not i'm speaking more truthfully to how i feel now knowing all of this and having Mm -hmm. let it sit and process but it annoys me I blame Sharice though. I think bringing Sharice in was a really bad idea. I don't love recycling housewives. I will say that being said, I am excited for the return of Tamara on OC. I was not excited though for Heather Dubrow. Um, I don't know. I just think that like when they leave and they're thirsty to come back, it never works great. And I think Sharice was really thirsty to come back. And I think that started a lot of the just being so combative and everybody start trying to fight each other. And I don't know. I think it was a side of Karen Huger. I didn't necessarily love with how she was acting. It was a side of Robin. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I enjoy the season, but I do think there's some truth to the rumor that Candace said that a couple of these women got together and decided that they were going to try to run the season and control the storylines. And with everything that's come out, it's like, it's hard to not agree with that. Totally. And I think we use the expression and the phrase storyline because that's quite literally what 
we are watching on screen, you know, what is a person's narrative arc? And I felt like the the issue that I had, the complication that I felt toward Potomac this season was it felt like all of the women were focusing on what the storyline would be when the show aired. What are what do we want the audience to talk about? Who do we want people uh, which people do we feel like we want to potentially humiliate for the benefit of plot? And while that energy I think is a part of most seasons of long-term franchises where that does come into play fame celebrity and also like breaking the fourth wall there was something incredibly unnatural I think about a lot of the strategy this season because it felt not only heavy-handed and forced in many ways but it it was like so totally antithetical to why we love Potomac Pryor and why I think so many of us obviously still love it because there were moments of like groundedness that these women felt like they were still of the world, like the greater world, you know, (laughs) which I would also sidebar consider of, believe it or not, New Jersey housewives as well. Oh, I agree. There's like a sense that like these women are still ongoing with their lives and of course the tv show is a part of it but it's not the sole universe in which they live which I don't know that you could necessarily say of like Beverly Hills Orange County aspects of New York and Potomac right now it just feels like we're talking about these rumors to fuck with women by using the vessel of their husbands and it just feels so unnatural it does not feel real what we're watching it's very on Potomac. Like that's it's giving what, Fox yes. Force Five. It's giving oh, Fox Force what Five. What an insult! What an insult! <laughs> You're not wrong. Tell me, tell me, Vanessa. <laughs> I mean, you know, Abby brings up an excellent point that some of the women Candace accused. I believe it was Ashley, um, Karen, Giselle, and Robin had like a lunch before the season, and it's wow. giving Fox Force Five. Like, let's all stand on this wall together. Um, and I just, ooh, I'm just not, not here for it. And I don't know. I, Abby, what are your thoughts? Well, what's funny to me is like, as these rumors were coming out, we still mm-hmm. had the finale to watch mm-hmm. and it made me watch it with a different lens. And I was noticing it throughout the season too, but I found myself really, really appreciating Mia Wendy and Candace more and not necessarily like as people I want to be friends with, but like, I will say Mia puts it all out there. She isn't like, she's not going to control a storyline. She's just going to, yeah, I sleep with other women. I sleep with even other men. Like my husband has to approve it. It is what it is. Like, I think people were trying to like use like rumors on her and she's like, oh no, I'm not going to deny that that happened. Like, I kind of love that. Like empowered, like you can't bring me down. I know who I am and I'm not ashamed of it. And it just made me appreciate people like that more who will share their whole life and not try to control storylines and rumors the way, I mean, honestly, like Robin, I don't know. I just think like when that all was coming out and she's like, okay, now I'm going to push it over onto Karen and make it all about blue eyes, which we've heard about blue eyes for other seasons. So this was like, not that exciting. And then she's like, okay, well, it was true. And the story doesn't add up. I don't know. It just, it really has made me appreciate some of the people on the show that I didn't necessarily love before. 
How did you feel watching the, I keep calling it a vow renewal, even though it's like quite literally a second wedding, but in my head, I'm like, I'm treating this as a vow renewal. How did you feel watching it, knowing the information that we discovered in the past week about whatever happened with Canada, (laughs) like with the entirety of Canada? Like, how did you feel in that moment watching them in many ways, genuinely renewing their vows to each other? Part of me wonders if this is just an agreed upon arrangement between Juan and Robin, but it was just something they didn't want public. Like, I think that marriage can look a a million different ways for different people. And if it's one of those things where it's like, he needs to seek that out elsewhere, she's okay with it. They've discussed it, then, Hey, more power to you. But I think they just wanted to like, try to control it and not have it be out there because otherwise as a successful, independent, strong woman, which I would say Robin is, why would you marry someone you know has cheated? You know, so I, I I have to wonder if maybe it's just like they have an arrangement and it's not a big deal to them. I don't I know. I just wish they would say it, you know, yeah. like I just think like take going back to what you were saying about me and just take ownership of it. Just I don't know, just say we worked it out and we have an agreement. We have an open marriage. Like, I think that would quiet people down so fast because then people are like, oh, well, that makes sense. Move on. Like, I just think this constant swirl is what's going to continue to loom over them. And now because of this bullshit hotel story (laughs) going into this next season, that's going to be the focal point. These women are going to go in hard. I feel like production is going to really hold these women accountable to the rumors and things that are being said. Um, But also we're as a viewer, I'm not going to think Juan, it's like little boy who cried wolf, like. Did he not cheat? I'm going to assume he's cheating. <laughs> but I, I definitely wonder, like, think there's an agreement. Is Robin trying to be like a LVP and be like one step ahead and playing chess while everyone's playing checkers? And if so, I still think it failed because you've lost credibility with the audience now. So I, don't, I just think it was a bad move all around. If I were her, I would have just kept denying it. The thing that I find so confusing aside from all of it is you know, I'm like listening to Robin give her explanation quasi or the release of information um, in the clip that I think so many of us heard um, from the Patreon episode that she posted behind a paywall. And I'm listening to her give her kind of perspective on Watch What Happens, knowing that there was more tape during that conversation we'll see on part three of the reunion. And then I listened to this woman who anonymously through like the through like the phone um, shared her perspective with a content creator on YouTube and was like, yeah, what Robin said about a Baltimore Ravens player is a lie. Um, why else would I be in Potomac except to see Juan? We'd been talking. I think she said for a year, but that could be completely wrong. Uh, you know, going into deep COVID, that was the reason I was there. I'm not going to tell you exactly what we did because I think that would be disrespectful to Robin. But obviously, I was not just there to have this man pay for a hotel room and then like shake hands and say goodbye. And I just can't stop thinking about the idea of an open relationship because I think, you know, non-monogamy exists, of course. And if they are in an open relationship, they certainly there is some sort of understanding that they are not interested in sharing that with the audience. And that is, of course, their right. But 
there is a part of me just instinctively, it's, it's entirely opinion-based because we have no idea. We can only go off of what Robin is saying and this person as well. And I'm just like listening to Robin's explanation, watching her on the finale, which made me honestly sad when I was watching the vow renewal, watching her watch what happens and like listening to this woman talk. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, it does not, I don't get the sense that this is an open relationship. I, it, I get the sense that like Robin is choosing to believe this man when he says there's nothing that happened, which makes me sad. You know, it's funny because like now all that this has come out and you look back at like the last two seasons. So Robin unable to get out of bed, like, you know, can't mm-hmm. get her kid up. Like, and she said it was just because of COVID and like not being able to leave and a, like the depression there. But you have to wonder, was this depression based off of the fact that she had caught him and she wasn't okay with it? Uh, There's also, you know, that scene where she's at her warehouse and she brings up, you know, Mm. how he cheated before and she wants a guarantee he won't do it again. And you're like, wait, like, was that inspired by the, there's just so many theories. And that's why I wish she would just come forward and tell her story and say it. And I get there's kids involved and she has to be careful, but also like, you're making a lot of money off of this show. And you agreed, as Andy says, you agreed to share your life. So I don't know. I feel like it's either continue with this and like tell the truth or leave the show and just focus on your family. I also think stop protecting Juan. Like, I think had she just say, listen, like we are married, we dealt through it, but he did fuck up and I was in bed and I couldn't get up because he, you know, did X, Y, Z. I just think had she gone that angle, I think us as viewers would be so much more forgiving than the way she's approached it. It's absurd. I mean, how many times have we seen on Housewives and frankly, IRL, and I say this raising my hand, where a woman has worked her best to protect, you know, a lesser man, let's say, you know, like he's better. Listen, I'm going to tell you what happened, but what actually happened is not what took place because you haven't heard my perspective of it. And by (laughs) mine, I mean, mostly his. (laughs) Yeah, right. This person is gaslighting me (laughs) in real time. But because I have an idea of this person or maybe a memory, I'm going to absolutely ignore the present. And you know, housewives interpretation is mostly projection I mean, at the end of the day. It's, it's actually to Darby's entire marriage was that, yeah. you know, um, and divorce yeah. by the way, and separation. Yes. She's like, he's I'm great. Like, We're not dating anybody. Oh wait, girl. Forgot. Yeah. And then she hears like, well, he's hooking up with people. I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I agree. It makes me sad. Cause it's like, Robin, like you, like her business is actually like successful. Like you're totally. doing really well. Like you don't need him. So why, like why? But also her business is housewives and she done fucked up. And there was a moment on watch what happens that I took note of when she was trying to explain why she hadn't shared this information and she'd chosen to keep it private. And her explanation was something along the lines of like, it wasn't an issue while we were filming because this specific situation wasn't addressed on camera, i.e. what Karen was discussing is a different room or different person. And Andy was kind of like immediately responded to that, which is the idea that, wait a second, Housewives is supposed to be your real life. So the idea of it wasn't an issue according to like 
the production idea of our storyline and the ways that we were communicating to each other as women and what I was sharing because I decided not to share it. But obviously, it is a huge fucking complication in getting back together and in, you know, sharing ideally new vows with each other, you know, like what it means to trust this person. Obviously, that would be a big fucking problem. And I get her defense. I get her genuine like defensiveness of thinking about it differently. But it's tough. It's tough to to hear and watch. I genuinely feel bad for Robin. I really do. I don't. <laughs> you know, I get it. No, I get it. I yeah. know people are really pissed. I do. I just honestly, I'm like, he sucks, Robin. Like, I, I she and she bears responsibility for the Patreon and everything else. Yeah. She, she absolutely is accountable, and I understand people's upset. I totally get it. I do not in any way disagree with that. I just like, I genuinely am watching this woman, and I, I just, I think Ron, it's sad. I think Ron's a piece of shit. Like, I just, it makes me sad. But tell me, tell me, Vanessa, you had a, a visceral. <laughs> facial reaction when I was like no I just think she's taking the advice from a woman who can't dress herself (laughs) and I think we all know who that person is and I think Robin needs to consult with someone else when thinking about these decisions my visceral reaction is I just think it's bullshit I just think her excuse the whole patreon of it all like I it really kind of infuriated me as a viewer because again, like, I mean, I'm not naive to think that these people don't self-produce and that there's information withheld. And this isn't the only incident incident that this has happened. It just happened to be one that was caught because of Robin and the way she handled it. Mm. But I, I just think like, come on guys, like we as viewers are actually really smart. Um, We can sniff out shit. We could sniff out like <laughs> Abby sniffed out the fraud in Jen Shah. Like there's just things we can call out. So treat us that way, right? Like just if you're gonna be on TV, make buco bucks, show up like a fucking rock star at BravoCon, have people wanting to line up and take your pictures and all this hoopla, like at least do have the decency to share your truth. And there's housewives out there, a la Teresa, which I think we'll talk about Jersey, which <laughs> I, you know, tip my hat to for showing it all like she has gone to prison gotten divorced like all of it we've seen it from reviewers and I don't ever feel like she's hid any of that from us so like I want more of that from a housewife well the thing I think that's that I have a lot of appreciation for with Teresa is that she does not function in a position to be like um naturally evasive as hard as she has tried I mean she had that do you remember that argument on the deck with Jacqueline where it started in like mid-afternoon and ended in the absolute cover of darkness because she was so because she didn't want to for seasons talk about marital issues with Joe and what was going on with their legal problems so it's not like and we're watching some of that now in talking about stuff with Louie and obviously her relationship with her family. It's not that Teresa is willing to discuss it, but it is that Teresa is, and I mean this as a compliment to us, if not Teresa, she's like unwilling to allow us to see the moving wheel, if that makes any sense. Like she might not tell you something. She might get very upset at you for talking about a truth that we all know because she doesn't want it discussed, but she's going to communicate that out loud. Teresa 
speaks as she thinks. And regardless of how you feel about that process of her like understanding and and thinking in that way, we're watching it happen in real time. So of the many critiques that I think can be leveled Teresa's way and can be leveled Melissa's way in different ways as well, there is something to be said for like watching Teresa live as Teresa. You know what I'm, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I agree. It's no, like, a, she's not calculated. Like you might she not tries agree to her, be. She's, she not, tr- but she she's can't. not effective. Yeah, I don't think can. she's an effective, she's unsuccessful at being calculated, which is a benefit. Yes. You know, I think it's 100%. humanizing. It's humanizing yeah. to watch her try to be strategic because like, obviously it works with her stands, but you know, yeah. it adds an, a complication here because she doesn't always connect the dots, which is in no way an insult or critique of her intelligence, which is the first thing people go to when they're trying to like make fun of Teresa. She is also a real person who's like existing in this universe who has shown she's quite literally, as she said on her podcast, given birth on camera. I mean, I mean there is some truth to that. Like when the, her podcast came out and she's had that statement of like, I've gotten like, I've had a kid on this show. I've gotten divorced. I've gone to jail. I've buried my parents. Like it's, she has shared so much of her life and I get it. It's a paycheck and it's money for her, but there are plenty of other housewives who also are getting big paychecks and try to say certain things are off limits. I'm not going to do it. And I, I do give her credit for showing everything. I agree. I, I actually like the part of Teresa that tries to be calculating and isn't because she just, like you said, like she doesn't have like give her brain the opportunity to stop and like process something. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, immediate, like in, out, in, out. And I like it because you're like, you know, right or wrong. That's how she actually feels at the moment. Mm -hmm. She's not someone who's like, Oh, I'm going to pretend like I like this because I think she doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know how, where I do think like other housewives definitely like, I mean, I love me some Kyle Richards, but I think she started reading the writing on the wall. was like, Oh, people are really sick of the Fox force five. I'm going to befriend Sutton more. I'm going to try to be with Garcelle more. I think, I mean, I do think there was like a natural, like I need to break away from Rena and Erica and I'm going to do it. Uh, And I don't think Teresa would know how to do that and couldn't do it. She just can't, she just can't like be fake in a way. I also think she's so stubborn in her, like that she is right. That that also stands in the way to where she like, she's like, why? Like, this is how I feel like whatever it is. And I mean, we said this before, like, I I mean, I'll speak for me and I think Abby, you feel similarly to me, but like, I am not a Teresa Stan. I'm not a tree hugger. I don't like Louie. We call him dirty Louie on our page. And, but I find myself this season, I am like team Teresa. Um, I don't know. I just think after season, it feels like 50 seasons of this back and forth, back and forth years, decades. Yes. 700 years. I mean, God, we're all exhausted. Listen, like there's wrong on both ends, but I feel like the Gorgas, I'm just like, I just think they're thirsty, man. And it's starting to show more and more to me. I don't think I'm team Teresa. I'm just not team Gorga. Like I felt like, um, in the Midwest, at least, um, when the, uh, 2016 election was going on, there was a lot of people saying, I'm not voting for the person I'm voting for. I'm voting against their opponent. I feel like there's like kind of some of that with like the Bravo world. Like I'm not team Teresa. 
but I'm anti-Gorgas because we're just sick of like this fake controlling, trying to control the narrative. I can't like for me with Melissa, I can't handle one more fake storyline with her. Like, is she going to hang on to this? Like Teresa didn't text me back until after she watched the reunion. That probably was a smart move on Teresa's behalf. Like that reunion was heated. And if she would have just fired off a text right after that, it might not have been as thoughtful. Is it possible? And guys, we will absolutely, you guys, meaning the AGs, we were going to get to those text messages in just a second because there was a big old fucking release on social um, in the last day. But is it possible this is the realest story for Melissa? Is it possible that she was like, listen, I extended an olive branch. Maybe it was communicated on the show that like, and never heard a single thing about anything until months later. And it turns out with these texts that were released by Teresa and Louie through a content creator um, that there had been other conversation going not about the family until it turns out there was some conversation about the family. But is it possible that that was like genuinely very, very real for them, that they really are really pissed that Joe was invited to be a groomsman and Teresa, uh, sorry, and Melissa was not invited to be a bridesmaid and that they really see that as a sign of enormous disrespect. I, it, you can say no, say no. You can say, I mean, you're I'm just torn. To, yeah. I, if I'm Melissa, was I expecting to be a bridesmaid? I feel like that, that's a big, I get your sister-in-laws, but even then it's like, it's a, it's her second wedding. I don't know. I feel like this I is also, a big, I'm like, Teresa, you're fucking 50. Don't have any bridesmaids. Yeah. Like, besides your daughters. What are we doing? I, your daughters, what are we doing? Your daughters. Your daughters. Have your daughters. I have more issue with her having bridesmaid than Melissa being a bridesmaid. Also, like, I got married. My brother wasn't a groomsman. Like, just because you marry and you're merging families doesn't mean that person is automatically going to become your best friend. Like, yes, you're going to see them in functions and it would be ideal to like them and develop a relationship in that way. But I think it's a bit presumptuous to assume that they should automatically be in the wedding party. Like I was more insulted about, about Dolores than I was exactly. Melissa. Yeah. If we're going to think about things that are like genuinely kind of like a knife to the heart saying that Dolores can't attend your engagement party because she's not coupled up is so unbelievably misogynistic and a truly unacceptable like god forbid Dolores hadn't been in a relationship when <laughs> Teresa got married would she have had to have a seat in the fucking back pew or yeah. like the back one of the back chairs where the single people suffer like it it's that is to me I completely agree I thought that was really disrespectful and I don't know that Teresa even understood it I don't know where that came from and if it came from Teresa, it didn't seem that she completely understood how rude that was. I think she probably came from it of a place of tables and yeah. having things in twos and naming it. I'm not excusing it. I'm just seeing yeah. in her little wheels in her head. Yeah. It was even numbers. Yeah, numbers and just it's saying a like <laughs> party. If you don't have that second zebra, you're not getting on the boat. No, but I don't know. I mean, that still doesn't make it right because she could have brought a friend. So. Uh, I don't know about that. I can't excuse that. And again, I'm not a tree hugger. I just in this, I will make a stance of siding with Teresa on this season until I flip flop to not. But for now, I'm team tree. 
Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen 
is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered home threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. How would you characterize the goals between Teresa's goal with her relationship with her family and Joe and Melissa's goals. I think Teresa's goal is to forgive and forget. Like, I don't think she wants to go back and talk about it. I think she's like this. I, I do actually believe that she did say to Louie, invite my, like, you can invite my brother to my birthday, whatever you're, whatever we're doing, whatever the plan is, you know, invite him and Melissa. I think the Gorgas, I think they're honestly waiting for like an apology and an admission of wrong. And they're never going to move on until they get it. Teresa is never going to give them that. Like, I feel like it's just so like, to your point, like the goals are just so different and they're never going to align. Um, and it's sad. And I do think I agree, like oddly enough with Louie, when he said like this TV show has wrecked havoc on your family. Now I know there were apparently some issues before, but it seemed like it got really bad when Melissa made the move to be on the show. Right or wrong, whether that was Teresa not wanting to share spotlight, whatever it was, it, it, that's what broke their family. And Teresa has always seemingly, I listened to Carlos King talk about this a little bit, Teresa, and he has a relationship with her and was her producer on Jersey and all that. Teresa has always wanted that apology because she feels like she was misled or uh, that the audience has been lied to about the truth of how Melissa was cast on Jersey. And I think there is something to be said for the fact that like, because there's such a lack of trust between these two groups, like the Teresa group with Teresa and her immediate family and Melissa and Joe, like there's such a lack of trust. And there's also layered on top of that a a genuine belief, maybe based in fact and maybe based on some other stuff too, that there's bad intention from the other side. So like even if and when they try to move on and both of them, both groups have tried to do that ad nauseum over the course of the last several seasons in different ways sometimes at the same time, not always, most often not. But there does seem to be a belief that the other side, the counter has bad intention. And if you already have a foundation of mistrust and you layer on top of that, the idea that like the person's present intentions are going to be bad and their future intentions are going to be bad, no matter how many times you say, we're moving forward, we're moving forward, you're also moving forward with your previous history. You know, like there's yeah. no such thing as like forgetting it and moving on because we have memories for a reason. Sometimes that's as a defense. Sometimes that's as a denial. And sometimes that's as a protection. And it, it does not appear that there are they are willing to work through that because they're stuck in it in so many ways. Yeah. Dolores was on Watch What Happens Live this week. And Andy had asked her whether or not they're going to patch things up. And she said that they should just move on. 
and just kind of separately strange. Yeah. Yeah. Just cut ties. Just she doesn't see them reconciling, just cut ties. And I feel like that can't genuinely happen until one of them removes himself from the show. And that would have to be Melissa and Joe, because in my opinion, Jersey is Teresa. That's my hot take. And Jersey has been Teresa, but also Teresa and her family. It wasn't always Melissa. Melissa didn't start in the show, but that has been a huge part of it. Like the franchise has always been about family. There's like such an odd kind of iconic moment in one of the new housewives having like a tangential relationship to the Manzos through Uh, her like stepmother or something. I forget the family tree here, but that is an LOL because it's like, yep, see the idea, the theme of family of these two families in particular goes on and on. And I just kind of wonder what that would look like. But but a question to you both, like, do you think we are at this point where there's no possibility to move forward as a cast next season if both Teresa and Melissa are still a part of the show? I think they'll keep moving forward. Like, I, I don't think Melissa and Joe are ever going to quit. I think they'd have to be fired. Um, I had it if it wasn't for Joe, if Joe wasn't as involved um, I think they would have been fired a long time ago or Melissa would have been demoted to a friend of. She is not housewife energy, but Joe is in a way. And so I think that's like the thing, like that's the issue. Joe's never going to leave. They're probably never going to fire Joe. But um, so I think we'll keep going forward with both. And I don't think Teresa's ever going to leave. I mean, I so I don't know. I think they'll keep moving forward, but I don't think they're ever going to, they will never heal until one of them is off the show why do you feel that melissa is in housewives energy i find that surprising to me i think she is a big like um like standard buyer when it comes to a lot of the drama she never really is in the center of it unless it has to do with Teresa. um i think she just won't pick a side like i even look back at like the whole Jackie, Evan, Teresa situation. And she was trying so hard just to remain Switzerland, but to both people, like she would say to Jackie, yeah, that was terrible. She started that rumor. I, you know, I, I can't believe that. And then she would say to Teresa, like, no, I, I agree. That wasn't a good analogy or like, that wasn't, you know, but like, I just feel like to me, she isn't, she's not strong enough to stand on her own. If it wasn't for Joe, I don't think people would be interested in her. Isn't her trying to maintain a sense of Switzerland, uh, isn't that sort of an environment that Teresa herself set? Like the idea of how Teresa, I know this is different, but like how Teresa is saying you can never discuss my fiance, aka the the many accounts and members of the Bravo community talking about Louis <laughs> well before Marge did her job of bringing it up on camera. Like you can never reference it at all. Otherwise you're a bad sister. Don't you think that some of that may be applied to the Jackie situation in the like my way, my love language is you always agreeing or you always protecting and defending me according to tree. Maybe, but if you're a housewife, you would still stand on your own and try to be your own person and wouldn't want to live under Teresa's shadow. Like to me, her being complacent and like not complacent, but her just like following those rules, um, no matter what show, like, I don't know. I just feel like another housewife would be like, well, I'm not gonna not talk about this. This is out there that people are posting it. So I don't know. As a counter to that, isn't the way that she's behaving now, her stepping out of 
potentially Teresa's shadow if that is the situation in which people feel she existed isn't her like really I felt like mostly last season moving forward her being like I'm done I'm not going to do this anymore I'm not going to stay quiet I'm going to speak my mind but it's all related to Teresa like that's the thing like if this show if they weren't related right like if they weren't, I mean, I guess this is not going to work, but I, it all comes back to Teresa. Melissa has nothing without Teresa. Melissa was on the show because of Teresa. I feel like I agree with Abby that to me, she's not housewife energy. She's actually my least favorite housewife. Wow. Of all of them? Of all of them. Oh, wow. Very triggered by Melissa Gorga. And I'm not a tree hugger. I'm saying it multiple <laughs> over and over again because it sounds like i've like signed up for the Teresa army no but i can't stand melissa gorga what about her is so triggering this is so fascinating to me i just think she's so fake and inauthentic and also i just i just don't buy it i don't know i just find her the storyline looking for the lost sister really did me in um and her like I don't know want to be JLo like I just think she's very um I'm just not here for it and even like the conversation she's had with her daughter and about sex and things and I mean I just can't stand the woman and yet many housewives are seen by the Bravo community as performative in some way. But it sounds like you feel that her performance is at the core. Like there's nothing else there that we are seeing on display, on display, on display each and every day. <laughs> I mean, day, I think day, her performance, day. I think she, no one loves Melissa more than Melissa. If there is like talk about mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the prettiest of them all. It's always the answer is going to be Melissa. Oh my God. That Teresa said that. The reunion yeah. That's why you were doing that. Oh like, no. I, but I just realized it in the moment. I'm like, I'm really like channeling Teresa right now, but yeah. it's very um like she, no one loves her more than her. Like I, that girl exudes, I takes me back to like my yearbook in fifth grade. I would circle people and call them show offs. Like people I didn't oh like, but it was like really off putting for me. Way to yeah. do OG burn book. My I goodness. know, right? It was very off putting for me. And I think she's giving that kind of energy to me and it doesn't come across as confidence. To me, it comes across as like pure vanity and delusion. I don't have as strong of a reaction. I just think she's not main housewife energy <laughs> for the record. I'm not triggered by her, but I think for me, I'm so indifferent to her. I feel like I don't ever feel compelled to be against her or on her side. Like, I'm just sort of like, man, there's Melissa again, like not doing anything. This is why I, as of right now, I know that we will be exhausted by this in about a week and a half. I know that New Jersey is going to get real fucking dark real quick. But as of right now, this is why I find New Jersey like so deeply fascinating and why I fucking loved the premiere because I find myself in a place where, you know, we're season three. If you listen to AG episodes from like the in closer to when season three and season four of New Jersey aired, I had visceral anger toward Teresa as we saw displayed and plot and then stripper gate and everything else. I was very, very upset. And the way that I find myself right now is like, 
I know that we're all saying, oh, we're not a stan of and yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But obviously we have some thoughts and feels and we feel a connection. I really genuinely feel empathetic for both of them. Like I understand their points. I don't think that either party is entirely wrong. And I also see growth in Teresa, even in how she was talking about therapy and how she's working on herself. I cannot imagine a world where 10 years ago we would hear her say that. And I know how scary that is to even talk about that out loud. Like, I don't know how much of this is influenced by Louis, who does continue to have dark energy to me, but there is also growth that we're seeing Teresa do. I don't know if she would be doing that as con um, consistently without Louis's support. I think she would have regardless because of everything going on with the kids and Joe and like what the kids had to deal with. I think that factored into her decision to seek like some support to understand the ways that they were seeking support as well, which I think is incredibly important. But I also do see growth in her. And I but I don't find myself being like Melissa's a piece of shit or Teresa's a piece of shit. I just see them at such a crossroads and with so much negative history where it's it's just really com it's complicated because we there's an expectation that people have. There's an expectation that was the foundation of New Jersey that like we're family thicker than thieves and it feels like something is stolen, you know? I will say too, it's like really heartbreaking when you think about it. Like I loved Caroline and Dina as sisters, mm. oh as my friends. God. Oh like, my God. I loved their relationship. Mm. I'm one of three girls. I just, I really related to it. Knowing that they're not on speaking terms right now, mm. like really breaks my heart. And then I also think about more so with Joe, Gorga and Teresa, like having lost a parent myself, if I didn't have my so siblings sorry. during that time, like it's like your siblings, especially when both parents are gone, that's like your only connection to that family. And they both are like, not on speaking terms. It really is like heartbreaking when you can say like the show did this. And it, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, but I don't think anyone's walking away. I think that's the problem. I mean, I have an evil cousin who I fucking hate, who's like <laughs> in her 80s or something. She's a piece of shit to me. I think she's a bad person. And she did some shit to me when we were on vacation in Miami several years ago. And I was like, you are like, you don't exist in my life, in my mind anymore. We shall never speak again because she was just horrible to me. She, she behaved in a way that was incredibly disrespectful to me. And my mom still keeps in touch with her. And I'm like, at one point I was like, bitch, like, what are you doing? Like, you know what she did. Like, you're not going to defend your fucking child. And she said that her cousin, because my mom's side of the family is so small. There's so few members of it. She's like, my, she's my connection to my parents. And, you know, yeah. being older and of that, my cousin being older, it's like, and I got it. I get it. And it's like, okay, have that relationship with that person. I totally get it. And I respect it. She's just you know, she's, she's not my cup of tea, Yeah, but I get that. Like, there's this sense of like, when you are losing this person, you're losing your connection potentially to your parents on the flip side, their parents being there, maybe pressured them into seeing each other, being together, having a unit. And with no, their parents no longer there, there's like not that quote unquote obstacle to yeah. entirely separate 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point to it. Like once both parents were gone and they both loved their parents. Uh, I mean, you could of tell, course. but once they were both gone, it was almost like, well, now we don't really need to hang out anymore. Like it was like, they were like only coming together for their mom, for no, no. Um, and so it is like, I don't know. It's just, it makes you, maybe they were never really close, even as kids. They said they were, but maybe they weren't. I don't know. It is just sad. I feel like they were super close. And I think the show and Melissa putting her foot down in her relationship, saying you need to stand up to your sister and Joe for so many seasons was reluctant to. And like, we used to see one-on-one conversations between the two of them before he then, like, I felt like set a boundary for himself and kind of stood out of it. But now he's like defending her. I, I genuinely believe that they had a really close relationship. I think in how Joe and Melissa did help and take care of the kids and stuff while she was away in prison um I don't think they would have done that if there wasn't some genuine love there I also for me and why I switched to the dark side (laughs) all has to do with the wedding I mean I don't know what happened I may eat my words I may say well shit I wouldn't go either like I will hold myself accountable for that but just given their family like I just think of no no and their mom turning in their graves and just thinking you weren't there for her wedding. Like what is bigger than family? You know, like mm-hmm. what happened? So, I mean, we're going to find out, but I just, I couldn't, life is too short, man. Like I couldn't live with that. Well, speaking of one of the catchphrases of AG, one of the catchphrases of AG is normalize changing your mind based on new information. And what you're talking about is the idea of like, it doesn't have to be like, eat my words, but like the idea of like, I might change my mind at a later point. I have a strong stance right now and God bless you for it. And maybe I'll change my mind at a later point, which is not a, a sign that you were wrong or mistaken potentially, maybe, but maybe also, oh, I didn't have this other information. And that changes you the way I view You are things. nice. I call that flip-flopping, but you are nice. I don't, <laughs> listen, I, I don't believe, I actually don't, I don't know that I believe in flip-flopping because maybe, you know what it is? I'm an inherent flip-flopper. I live in the gray. It's very hard for me to make a decision. I do Instagram polls of everything I ever need to do in my entire life. Very hard for me to make, I'm trying, it's like the boundary of like, Make a choice and, you know, which is helpful, beneficial for AG talk, but not really IRL. So (laughs) that might be a part of it, too, is I'm very open to living in the gray and to changing your mind, I have to say. I will say, though, changing your mind with new information is the beauty of housewives. Like, remember when we all didn't like PK? Now we do. Like, yes. And you don't you can't explain it. It just slowly happens. I also think the beauty of housewives is we're all watching the exact same episode and like Vanessa cannot stand Melissa Gorga right now. I'm just not team Gorga. So I'm defaulting to team Trey, your team. I hope everybody, you know, can sing Kumbaya. Yeah, I hope people are able to like move forward with their lives. Like I'm team self-care. I'm team individual therapy. I'm team individual yeah. therapy. I just saw there's a sweatshirt for like, I think also because seemingly not, not a lot of people care about the Super Bowl as much this year, but there's a sweatshirt that says, I just hope both teams have fun. And I feel like you need that sweatshirt. I'm going to get really, it for you. I really do. I, I absolutely need it. I think everybody <laughs> watching New Jersey does before they absolutely go to war with each other online. But I do want to say, speaking of normalized change your mind based on new, new information, the account all about TRH 
received text messages that were, you know, more than what was shown on the premiere episode, obviously given to them by Teresa and then by Louie. So I think it would be helpful for us to hear more about what we're being told is the quote unquote truth of the conversation. I just want to add in here, is there the possibility that this, that there was more said Sure, that exists. We don't own Teresa and Louie's phones or Joe and Melissa's, although I would love to add that as a Patreon tier. So that is something to be said. There is also an acknowledgement that Melissa has since responded to this on IG stories and did not mention that the texts were in any way inaccurate. It's just that her perception of their discussion is different from theirs. So let's do some AG immersive theater, guys, so that we can really maybe hear just in the ways that we would, no, no um, impersonation, just an immersive experience in hearing this text drop. So first off is the conversation between Melissa and Teresa that starts with the text we saw on the New Jersey premiere. So who's playing who? I know we talked about this before and I absolutely I'm Teresa. Obviously not Melissa. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Look how that works out. So I'm going to be playing the part of Vanessa's um, number one favorite housewife. You heard it, heard it here first, Melissa. And Vanessa is going to play the part of Teresa. So this starts Thursday, uh, March 31st at 11.19 p.m. Um, and here is the text drop. And again, I'm Melissa, Vanessa's tree. I'm just letting you know I'm truly fine with not being in the wedding. I don't want to bring it up again within our family. Moving forward, I wish you guys all the best. I'm not going to get mad at you for what Jennifer does, and you shouldn't get mad at me for what Margaret does. Good night. And then we skip ahead. The next text is Sunday, April 17th at 6.09 p.m., And it's a photo of two naked men with Easter eggs painted on their asses, which is essentially a happy Easter. Um, The next text message is Friday, April 29th. I'm at Joey's school. Can't talk. I can call you back later. What's your address? I spoke to him. I'm getting his birthday gift. The next is a photo of sneakers. Thank you. Never heard of it. In Short Hills Mall, they have all the sneakers these kids want. The next is a photo of an invitation to a nonprofit gala. This is in May. Hi, we actually have another event that night, so we won't be able to make it. Okay. The next is Tuesday, May 3rd at 11.15 p.m. After watching the reunion, I do feel and know that our families have gone backwards and want us to be a better example for our children, starting with myself. I love you, and I just want things to be better. Are you free for lunch next week? Wednesday, May 4th at 8.51 a.m. Teresa, I texted you driving home from the reunion, and you never answered back until now. It seems a little calculated to me that you actually have to watch the reunion and read comments to make yourself feel like you want to fix the family again for the 100th time. I feel like this text is about you and not really about us, especially when we're just about to go into filming again in two weeks. After all these years, I finally found a way to accept the way our relationship is. For our children, I don't want to argue with you. Let's just leave it as it is and be what we are. 
we are family and we should always respect that. No need to go to lunch. You drew the line in the sand with the wedding. You've said multiple times on interviews that we will never be friends. I agree with you. We will always be family and I will always wish you nothing but the best. See you soon. Friday, May 6th. So two days later. I am sorry I did not respond to you that night. We had a very, very long day and I was totally exhausted and not feeling so good, especially after surgery. Thank you so much for what you said. It was so heartfelt and genuine. We are family. We can do better starting with me. I am so sorry about the wedding. I feel terrible that I hurt you from the bottom of my heart. Let's talk. It would mean the world to me. Friday, May 6th at 6.25 p.m. Teresa, all good. I'm fine with it. I told you that. Friday, May 13th. Good morning. Next Wednesday, the 18th, would love to have you and the family over for cake for my birthday. Let me know. Have a great day. Friday, May 13th at 1237. Hey, okay, let me check with your brother. I'll get back to you. Saturday, May 14th. I asked Joe about Wednesday. He said we'll be in the city. We have a business dinner that was set up a while ago. People are flying in from LA. Kids have a game. Sorry to miss it. Okay. Wednesday, May 18th. Thank you so much for the flowers. Love you. Welcome. Have a good day. Then like 11 days later, May 29th, Teresa, I love you. Thinking of you. That same day, we love you too. And then it goes into like June 2nd. Hi, when are you leaving? I'll be done in 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the drop of more information, which we obviously didn't see. Next up, we have the Louis drop. So I will be playing the part of Louie and Vanessa will be playing the part of her favorite people, (laughs) Joe and Melissa. So this was sent Wednesday, May 4th from Louie to Joe. Oh, and it was uh, it was sent in a group chat with Joe, Melissa, and I believe Teresa in the chat as well, because we see three people at the top of the text uh, screenshot. Hey, Joe. Hope all is well. I've been trying to get a hold of you to talk to you about Teresa's 50th birthday. Last Friday, I finalized plans for her birthday. And over the weekend, she put together a list of the people that she would like to be there. And the attached is itinerary, which describes the whole trip for her 50th surprise birthday. I have a large private jet leaving Teterboro the morning of May 19th and returning Tuesday the 23rd. There is no expense to anyone. Everything is paid for. This has nothing to do with the show. It's a private event for your sister and the people she wanted to be with her on her day. I hope you receive this message with love from me to you and Melissa. I really hope you guys can make it. Joe Gorga, we appreciate the offer. My sister was very clear where we stand with her. Very confused as to why she'd want us to spend several days together for a special birthday. She just said they aren't close. And that's why she doesn't want her around. Listen, I'm okay with everything. Don't, I'm okay with everything. Don't feel the pressure to extend the invite. I know it's just coming from a fake place. No need for it, bro. I'm sure you watched the reunion. Enjoy your vacation. Okay. Also, sidebar from me, I didn't. This is why it's helpful for us to um, read this stuff out loud because I absolutely did not see the fake part of fake oh, place. Oh, no. I is- had, I was like, kind of important. I just like my inside, my insides just curdled. Um, okay. Continuing. This is a response from Louie Wednesday, May 4th. 
Here is what I want to respond with. What's fake is the thought of bringing this family closer through a TV show. I know you agree and have told me that it's a TV show and nothing more. It's not real life and family. I'm extending this to you guys because this is what your sister wants and chance for you guys to grow off camera and the public eye. I've told you many times I'm working with her and helping her through her own struggles of growth. Noting again for me that like Teresa is like quite literally in this text thread. The TV show is a combative place and full of superficial bullshit, not a forum for a family to recover. This isn't fake and there is zero pressure. This isn't strategic. This is coming from me who has been in your sister's life for almost two years now. I'm trying, Joe and Melissa. Nobody's perfect, including the both of you, me, and the guys standing on the corner of the street. Response from Melissa. Hi, Louie. What you might not know because you've only been here for two years is that we've had this exact conversation for the last 15. It's exhausting. TV show or not, no one is arguing. Let it be. Melissa, I have three siblings and we have had our fair share. We never stopped trying. And today we thank God that we worked through our shit so we could be here today in such a loving place. Teresa has had a rough deal, life marriage, four kids on her own. It's no secret. Her best self is coming out, however. It's not coming without facing pain, and she has to go through the pain of facing things that were never faced before in her life, ever. This is a habit of most people to continue through life, deflecting things that need to be addressed. Everyone plays a part in this demise, and it's not only Teresa. All you have to do is watch the TV show and see how this has been. No felt on anyone because I'm not here to pose blame. It's the simple truth. Please, Melissa, I respect you and Joe and will never lose that. Please try to understand from the kindest part of your soul that I'm devoted to helping her and her daughters with everything I've got. This means that I will not let you or Joe down in this process. I will not fail your efforts and this family can be the family it should be. There are seven kids here that can benefit from these lessons, not just the bad ones, more importantly, the effort and recovery from all of this. The TV has been the worst thing for both of your families, and it's instigated all of this noise that stands between both you and Teresa. On my life, I have gone to Totowa. Totowa? Do you know what Totowa is? Totowa, I have apologies for mispronouncing. Countless times and prayed for you guys and both your families. Please take a step and trust me, I'm not going to let you down. Joe Gorga. Very good points here. I've said this for years. My sister should have thought about that before igniting this fire. Let's not go back and forth. I promise you're wasting your time. Please don't text text back. We are good. Leave it alone. Love you guys. And then after this went up today, when there was obviously a little bit of a firestorm, Melissa Gorga responded to it on her IG stories, where she said, guys, I see you're all curious about the text messages. Someone is definitely spiraling and needs to prove herself working overtime. But this all proves my point even more. She did not reply to the text messages I sent after we filmed the reunion. Crickets. It wasn't until three weeks later and after the reunion aired, she was getting all the backlash about how poorly she treated her brother and I, that then she felt the need to reach out and clean it up. Her reaching out right at the same time we were about to start filming and finally wanting to discuss our relationship and how she can fix it was fake. That was inauthentic and self-serving. 
We want it off the roller coaster, point blank. Can't say much more now, but if you continue to watch this season, it will make much more sense. Love you all. Thanks for watching. Hashtag R-H-O-N-J. And your reaction to that, Vanessa, as a seeker of truth. My reaction to that, I'm surprised. I'm not going to have a positive reaction. My reaction to that is, one, you said on the show she didn't text you back. You didn't say she didn't text. Regardless, that to me seems semantics. Teresa did text you back. To me, this feels like you don't want to mend this relationship. She invited you to her birthday party, the non-trip. She invited you to this trip. She even showed up to the roller skating thing that we saw in episode one. I just feels to me like you don't want to do it. Like I, I think this only proves Teresa's point that she at least has tried. Intentions, good or not, I think you can't say that she didn't try. Counter to that. Is it possible that the reason Joe and Melissa obviously have put in place what I would reference as boundaries is because they're exhausted, because they tried for 15 years. Part of their trying was like eating it whenever Teresa insulted them, if she used his parents as a way to alienate the situation further, which has been discussed, something that Joe Judice, Judice Judice also has been accused of doing for many reasons, could it simply be two people who are tired of the toxicity and are just truly tapping out? A thousand percent. Absolutely. Could it be a form of self-protection? It could be a form of self-protection. However, I feel like say that versus being like, well, she didn't text me after the reunion. Like, that's not really helpful either. I think if it is a form of protection, I would say, hey, I'm setting up a boundary. I mean, there's healthy, there's lots of cues. Anyone who's gone to therapy knows there's healthy ways to establish that. And I don't feel like the Gorgas are doing that if that is their intention in this relationship. That would have been very helpful if that is what they were doing. And I I genuinely think that they were. I think that, I, I just think that they were like done with this and exhausted and were putting up the boundary of like, I'm no longer available to be emotionally vulnerable because I did that before and I got fucked. If they had in that scene talked maybe less about the bridesmaid stuff and more about just a general exhaustion, I think people might understand that more. This could be me simply projecting because of what I've seen over the course of how many seasons that there's an understanding I may have that is, you know, as you said, as we all watch these episodes and experience it different ways. That's just my experience watching it. I could be entirely wrong, which I'm happy to be. Um, but it's, it is, it's, it's difficult. I think did the, the texts, it's, it's a lot. It's, there's the it's difficulty in, in reading these. It's a lot. And I will say BravoCon, I think solidified my mm. stance because I felt like Joe Gorga, particularly, I felt like any shot he could take at his sister, it was like left and right, left and right. And that to me isn't setting any sort of boundary. That's just you attacking your sister. And I, from what we saw, calculated or not on Teresa's part or being coached with Louis or whatever, it seemed to be I like wish them well. Like she didn't really go after him too much. Feel free to check me. I know there's someone that will, but I, <laughs> I just, um, I don't know. I, I think this only proves Teresa's point and I'm curious what more of a shit show we're going to get. 
I like talking through this with you, like I can feel my heart like racing. Like I feel like <laughs> like this is so stress inducing and it's not even my stress. I think that's a uh, experience that many people are having right now because the stakes are so huge and because we've been through this journey with them. Many of us are exhausted and I never thought, I thought that we had an agreement as an outsider who's quite literally not a member of this family. I thought we had an agreement to never go back to season three because it's a very, very, very tough watch. Three, four, it's dark, it's depressing, it's unnerving. And it feels like we are getting ready for that. Um, Melissa saying, watch what happens. I assume what she's talking about are rumors that Teresa brought up on camera that Melissa was maybe making out with like a family friend or something, whatever, which does make you think, well, we're talking, we're talking or not talking. We're just referencing Louis's name with what other people are talking about with the whole warrior camp. Meanwhile, you're saying I'm cheating on your brother. Is this really apples and apples here? Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, I still think it's shitty. If anything, if Melissa not being there at the wedding, fine. But Joe could have been there. I, I still stand by that. Do you think at the end of the day, though, if you're being asked to choose between your sister and your wife and your sister's been disrespected and this is past the point where Teresa was talking and I could be getting this all wrong, by the way, where Teresa was talking about because the, the fact checking could be totally wrong. Yeah, Teresa. no, no, no. But, you know, after but like, like spreading the rumor and like, you know, all of yeah, that. No. Why would right. you go to the thing? Why would you I do that? just I just think I couldn't miss my siblings wedding. Like, I just think that's such a big life moment. And like just being an example for your kids and the cousins mm -hmm. and just put the shit aside for one day, one hour, not even just show up for the ceremony and then peace out. Did the cousins go? I don't know if they went, actually. I don't think so. But I just think like this evolves more people than just the two of them. And I think if you're trying to seem like the bigger person, just show up as painful as that might be instead of like if I'm remembering this correctly the Gorgas were having a party with people and saying they're with their real family. And like, I'm just like, that's not really helpful either. So at least you could have come back and had he attended the, one of them, both of them, whatever attended the wedding, be like, I was there for your wedding. I went when I didn't have to, when you threw my name in the mud and all these Jersey like terms, they could have said all that. They don't have that. So I don't know. That's that's just my take. And that's mm -hmm. how I, I guess how I feel about family. And I think about my own personal relationships. I think you got to show up for the big moments. I mean, it's this is one of those things we're going to get into it. And I think the reunion is going to be really, really tough because you can separate these people at BravoCon because it's toxic AF. And I mean, it says something that like the Salt Lake City panel was allowed to go on, even though those people were warring. But this is I mean, this is a nuclear war. This is a nuclear family at nuclear war. So I I think it it's going to be tough because as people are speculating, it might be the last time that we potentially see Teresa, Melissa and Joe maybe on TV at the same time, who knows, for at least a while, potentially, um, which brings, I think, a, an extra level of darkness to this. We started the episode by talking about how I knew what the ending was. I knew what the um, 
postscript was on what happened and it changed my perspective. I don't know that that applies to New Jersey as much because this family has been toxic for so many years, but you know, it definitely, I think, informs the sadness that some of us we feel watching this. No, I mean, it's definitely sad. All of my hatred and displeasure for Melissa is that it is, these are real people. And I completely acknowledge that taking the fanfare away. These are real people and these are truly their lives. And this show has destroyed their family. And I think there's accountability on both ends in regards to that. And it's, sad to see and fame and the money and all of that has definitely gotten in the way of any sort of reconciliation which is a point that louis made and i would argue he's not wrong obviously it has deepened this wound but it sounds like there was a wound prior to the show starting it sounds like there was some history here and competitiveness and mistrust of each other that teresa and Bo and melissa have both acknowledged and obviously joe so I think it is it I think this is a tough situation that has been magnified and um leveled in so many ways because of reality TV but I think even without reality TV some shit would be going down. We just wouldn't be aware of it because Melissa would be off camera. Um I could continue talking to you about this forever. Please note that you will be coming on throughout the course of New Jersey in which to discuss this. I am so curious. I'm like sweating. If you test. guys could see me all of a sudden like I like really worked myself up. <laughs> Namaste, bitches, yes. as Teresa yes. would say on her podcast, which I absolutely listened to earlier. Um, can you tell the people, speaking of all things podcasts, a little bit about the Real Moms of Bravo podcast and where they yes. can follow you? Of course. So you can listen to Real Moms of Bravo wherever you're listening to this podcast. Abby and I release a weekly episode where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. So if you're limited on time or you know, for the working parent or non-working parent, we cater to all. Um, and then you can find us on Instagram also with the same handle at Real Moms of Bravo. Did you say that you guys have a Patreon as well? Yes, we do. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Real Moms of Bravo. We release an extra episode a week about like a 15 to 30 minute episode where we talk about pop culture headlines. So things that happen on Watch What Happens Live, things that aren't happening on the show. So all the outside drama we dive into. So we'll probably share uh, like more regarding the text gate and things of that nature. So um, feel free to support us because as podcasters, we're hustling for y'all. So um, any way you can support us monetarily or with a nice review, it's, it goes a long way. Amen. Um, because this is free content and Lord knows it is a full-time job in which... <laughs> to produce it. Um, speaking of support, join the AG Patreon. I'm working on a satchel of gold spectacular specific to all things Melissa, Tree, Louie, Joe. So send me your thoughts and feels. Send me your satchels of gold. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley. You can send me a thesis by emailing andysgirlsshow at gmail.com or send me a message on Patreon where you'll get to listen to that exclusive bonus episode, patreon.com slash andysgirls. What an episode, what a convo, what an immersive theater experience. I'm so excited to continue this conversation. Shout out to all the AGs who've sent me their thoughts and feels and who are a part of this community where we're willing to engage and listen. And that's what's most important at the end of the day, almost as important as um, someone getting in touch with Chris Manzo and tell him I'm waiting. Okay, I'm just waiting. That's all. That's happy, happy galley times. He is the present I would most love to unwrap. On that note, guys. 
<laughs> we will chat with you soon. Who knows if you're Team Tree or Melissa or neither or both. You're team listening, okay? And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.